I'm a bad bitch and I got bad anxiety. People call me rude cause I ain't letting them try me. Saying I'm a hoe cause I'm in love with my body. Issues but nobody I can talk to. What up? Welcome to another episode of the Jones Chronicles. I'm your host Christina. Let's jump into it. A grand jury has indicted Dwayne Keith Cafe D. Which is supposed to be his street name I guess. Davis on charges of murder with use of a deadly weapon in connection with the 1996 killing of rapper Tupac Shakur in Las Vegas. The authorities announced. This was definitely news to me. Davis 60 was arrested Friday morning in Las Vegas according to authorities. His wife's Henderson home was searched in July as part of the ongoing investigation into the shooting. At a Friday news conference, authorities painted Davis as the ringmaster of a plot to kill Shakur as retaliation after an attack on his nephew. Davis has long placed himself at the scene of the crime, saying he was in the front seat of the white Cadillac that came up beside Shakur's car when shots rang out from the back seat, killing the musician. The rapper was shot four times and died six days later. For some people, this was a surprise, like myself. For others, it wasn't because through the grapevine I hear, he was actually brought up on these charges with the FBI and that he served a sentence. But then all of a sudden, after some years of getting out of jail, he decided he wanted to write a book and start telling everybody about his accomplishment that he felt was an accomplishment, which was the fact that he took out Tupac. Congratulations, you played yourself. I'm going to jail! Of course, that doesn't really surprise me, a 60-year-old man. My dad just turned 70. I'm like, wow. But a 60-year-old man, having known one, can sit down and talk about everything that they think they have accomplished in the last 50 years of their life without no shame or thought or filter. So yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me that he had diarrhea of the lips. Now, I fully admit, growing up, I didn't listen to Tupac Shakur. Not that my mother was going to allow me to, even though it's not like there isn't other music my mom was not going to let me listen to. And I found a way to listen to it anyway. But I was never a fan particularly. I mean, I know California Love because who doesn't? I mean, but I've never been like a, a fan fan of his music. I know that he spoke to a lot of people that felt his music. But I also examining him from the perspective of an adult at the time. <laughs> That I really got into the ins and outs of exactly what happened to him other than the the news headlines that I saw passing at the time that it occurred was that this was not a person that that didn't not fuck around and find out. I mean, I saw that tape. We all saw that tape. That boy got gang the fuck stomped out. Okay, it was unfairly a beat down. Now, should we respond with bullets? No, but that is the game in which this man and his manager were playing. And from a completely perspective of if that was 
my child and they was around this situation, what I would be telling them is you live by the streets, you die in the streets. And that might be a harsh reality, but it is reality. I'm sure there were great things about the man. Seemed to be a very talented individual. But he made decisions that ultimately led to his murder. And that's a tragedy. And I'm glad that his mother in particular, if she's still alive, I'm not sure. At least his family was able to see justice in the eyes of the law because apparently even if they did know with the fbi it was like a behind the closed doors kind of deal so now at least he's brought into the public light so everyone can see who was responsible and they deserve that piece but as just a spectator on the side as i am you know it's a it's a story that's a life lesson about fame money and coming from a situation that is toxic and how all of that combination can still lead to or i mean because we've had other situations like 50 cent who was about them streets and then he got his ass up out of them streets and then he sold vitamin water and the bitch is now up there you know getting tax breaks from elon musk there's two ways you can be about it and and that's uh that's the story that that should be examined in all of its in all of its elements so that was news this week it has decided to change degrees once again in the great state of ohio that i live in and i find that when my girls sweat I have to sit in front, not sit, stand because the fan's too far away from my bed. And for some reason, I didn't think to move it closer, but now I am. But I stand in front of my fan and I have to hold up my teats to cool off the sweat. If there's anyone out there that deals with my type of life problems, just raise your glass, take a sip of wine and know that you are not alone. Procrastination. Does anyone else have procrastination when there is too many Uber Eat options and find yourself on the phone for like an hour searching for what food you want to eat? Not here in my state, but I realized anytime I'm somewhere else, like in a different state or a different country, I will sit on the damn uber eat site just scrolling through i think i scroll through uber eats more than i've scrolled through twitter it's ridiculous but i think it's because of the too many options when you have so many and you don't know what you want that could be the worst thing ever and it's not just uber eats it actually happens if i get like a new subscription to something I got to scroll through every subsection and get all the things I want in the ad watch list. And that'll take me an hour before I sit down and watch something. It's just the idea of options. I have to navigate all of them. It's a little baffling to my mind and I get very frustrated 
that my mind wants to do that. I learned what an NFT was this week because I had heard the word, but I'd never thought to Google and look up what it meant. NFTs can be anything digital, such as drawings, music, your brain downloaded and turned into an AI, whatever you want it to be. That is an NFT. So if someone else throws out that term and you pretend to know what they're talking about, thinking it's Bitcoin, just know that's the correct, the correct definition. You want to hear some weird shit in the Bible? Noah got drunk one night and was found naked by his son Ham, who did nothing but out his father's state and condition to his brothers who covered him with their backs turned to try to save his modesty. Never mind that he was drunk as fuck, passed out in the tent, naked. Why he took all his clothes off, that's a question for him. Since Ham saw him at his worst and didn't do nothing about it, but snitch, he cursed his grandson, Canaan, to serve as a slave for him and his uncles forever. <clears throat> Bullshit. This story has been misconstrued by several religious zealots and racists to justify slavery and racism. Noah also supposedly had his three sons when he was 500 years old. Explain to me. Explain to me. We knew that the Bible didn't like women, or at least the Catholic Church, the Protestant Church, almost all churches, really. But the Bible definitely advocates the violence against all women. Non-virgins deserve to be stoned. Giving birth to a daughter makes you unclean for 66 days. Leviticus 12.5. I don't have all of the passages, so don't you come at me. If you want to look this shit up, you can do it yourself. Women will never have authority over men. They must be quiet. Timothy 2.11. Along with my personal favorite, Mark 12.19. If your brother dies, well, you must, of course, bang his widow. Because that's the brotherly thing to do. I got you, fam. Apparently, Abraham, well, Abram, not Abraham, had a wife named Sarai, whom he told everyone was his sister so that he could get men to cuckle him, which he did to the king of Egypt, so that they would face the wrath of God and then he would receive compensation. On top of this being a guarantee of his safety because all of the men wanted his hot wife. His son Isaac decided to continue on the legacy. I am disgusted. Some more direct quotes because they are the best. Exodus 21, 20 to 21. If a man beats his male or female slave with a club and the slave dies as a result, the owner must be punished. But if the slave recovers within a day or two, then the owner shall not be punished since the slave is his property. Go. Go. Bring all your white people with you. Because y'all niggas got to exit right now. I definitely saved the best for last. 
Lot's daughters decided the only way to preserve the genetic line was to get their dad drunk and molest him. What the fuck is wrong with you? They were successful and he had two sons, but there's more. See, the reason why they had to have sex with their dad, because they had to, was because the town they lived in, Sodom and Gomorrah, was smited by God because all of the men came to their house and wanted to, for lack of a better word, gang rape. His two guests that happened to be angels. So all the men were gone. Never mind that daddy offered up his darling virgin girls to the town mob instead of the angels for said gang rape. Oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. Continuing on the topic of what they really don't teach you about religion. Times article written by Bart D. Aramont, entitled What Jesus Really Said About Heaven and Hell, is very enlightening. Links, of course, to all the sources I am reading from below. There are over 2 billion Christians in the world, the vast majority of whom believe in heaven and hell. You die and your soul goes either to everlasting bliss or torment or purgatory en route. This is true even in the land of increasing nuns, quote unquote, Americans that continue to anticipate a version of the alternatives portrayed in the good place, regardless of religious persuasion, 72% believe in a literal hell, well, a literal heaven, and 58% in a literal hell. It's interesting that it wouldn't be more neck and neck, but sure. The vast majority of these people naturally assume that this is what Jesus himself taught because we are taught by humans and we do not teach ourselves <laughs> nearly enough. But that is simply not true. Neither Jesus nor the Hebrew Bible he interpreted endorsed the view that departed souls go to paradise or everlasting pain. Jews traditionally did not believe the soul could exist at all apart from the body. On the contrary, for them, the soul was more like the breath. The first human God created, Adam, began as a lump of clay. Then God breathed life into him, Genesis 2-7. Adam remained alive until he stopped breathing. Then it was dust to dust, ashes to ashes. Ancient Jews thought that was true of all of us. When we stop breathing, our breath doesn't go anywhere. It just stops. So too, the soul doesn't continue on outside the body, subject to post-mortem pleasure or pain. It doesn't exist any longer. And if you don't understand why the Jewish context would be here, it's because the Christian religion was founded by disciples that came back uh, and with the teachings of Yahweh, which is the original name for Jesus. Well, I don't want to get too wrapped up in all of that, but the basis of Christianity began there. This view of the coming resurrection dominated the view of Jewish thought in the days of Jesus. It was also the view he himself embraced and proclaimed. 
The ending of time is coming soon. The earthly kingdom of God is, quote, at hand, Mark 1, 15. God will soon destroy everything and everyone opposed to him and establish a new order on earth. Those who enter this kingdom will enjoy a utopian existence for all time. All others will be annihilated. No mention of those that have departed, living life happily in heaven, being rejoined. No rising of the dead to join the coming of Jesus on earth as Jehovah's Witness, I believe, uh, is their teachings. In traditional English versions, he does occasionally seem to speak of a place called hell. For example, in his warnings in the Sermon on the Mount, anyone who calls another fool or who allows their right eye or hand to sin will be cast into hell. Matthew 5:22, verse 29:30. But these passages are not actually referring to what we believe to be hell. The word Jesus uses is Gehenna. It's actually a word that is referenced often in African Christianity, which is another Again, everyone has their own interpretations of the direct words of Christ versus what are the more Protestant teachings of Christ. And then they have the Catholic thing going on. The term does not refer to a place of internal or eternal torment, but to a notorious valley just outside the walls of Jerusalem, believed by many Jews at the time to be the most unholy, God-forsaken place on earth. It was there, according to the Old Testament, ancient Israelites practiced child sacrifice to foreign gods. The God of Israel had condemned and forsaken the place himself. And it's in that realization, too, that you have to remember that the Bible and religion, as far as Christianity is concerned, originated in a very real time where humanity was just going through it. And I mean the worst of it. We love to talk about how right now it's the worst and and while I myself partake and do not judge in our melodrama from day to day, from week to week, valid or overly so, (laughs) is irrelevant. You have to understand that This is coming from a time and place where outside of city walls would be considered the worst of the worst to not be enraptured in the safety and security of thy Lord and his teachings in Jerusalem. Of course, that would be a considered worst thing. And I think that the church was able to really galvanize the Bible in their fear tactic. Cause you know, I, I always talk about organized religion as its own political entity because it's exactly that it, it took the fears of man and it capitalized on those and for better and worse, it has shaped a huge part of our society and our world. But for our own sake, we need to put in perspectives that some of these teachings are from times that don't even correlate 
with now because science was just considered another magical thing and we all know at this point that there is no magic and science is very much real and can be quantified and studied back to the article at hand jesus stress on the absolute annihilation of sinners appear throughout his teachings at one point he says there are two gates that people pass through matthew 7 13 14 one is narrow and requires a difficult path but leads to life few go that way the other is broad and easy and therefore commonly taken but it leads to destruction it is an important word the wrong path does not lead to torture but destruction so think about it like this in another way jesus says the future kingdom is like a fisherman who hauls in a large net uh, matthew 13 47 50 47 through 50 after sorting through the fish he keeps the good ones and throws the others out he doesn't torture them they just die or the kingdom is like a person who gathers up the plants that have grown in his field once again matthew 13 36 or 13 verses 36 to 43 he keeps the good grain but tosses the weeds into the fairy furnace these don't burn forever they are consumed by fire and then are no more basically hey i'm gonna keep all of the good good juju and the rest of it can just go away and be nothing so i i i think this is a very very misunderstood concept uh and it's it's um funny to me not really funny but you know what i mean when i say funny that many christians would in a lot of ways they like to toss out the old testament i'm like well then you have to toss out the ten commandments and you ain't gonna do that so um (laughs) that they don't they don't technically read the word of god they allow others to read it for them and they select the passages in the bible that's gonna it's all a campaign to to manipulate your viewpoint and this is why it is so important for anything you do even the belief in god or not belief in god to find out for yourself to read the text to sit back and go does this make sense to me can i live in a world with this being the the example and there's other people that clearly do know and accept it because you see that slavery is a part of the bible why is it a part of the bible because it was a part of humanity at that point so of course christianity is tied to uh it's what the the southerners used against slaves why they didn't even really want them to be taught christian or they they did but they didn't because they really didn't want them to be literate because then they would be able to start tossing some of these books some of these passages right back at them book of revelation Uh chapter 7 verses 16 and 17 yes sir they shall hunger no more, neither shall they thirst any more. Preach, preacher. For God shall wipe away yes, sir. every tear from their eyes. Yes, sir. Get ready for the revolution. What you say?
But I think even more important than the idea of there is no hell is the idea that there's no heaven. There's no great reward. There's no mansions up there with everyone living the best life that they feel they deserve because that mindset was put out there as an allure to people who have so very little and have lives of such hardship and misery and discontent and death surrounding their every second that the only thing they have for hope to keep going in this world is the idea that they will be rewarded afterwards. And it does really rigidly put or indoctrinate a society into following a certain path that leads to ultimately the riches of a very few amount of people that certainly, whether they want to smell their own bullshit or not with those indulgences (laughs) up until the time, um, to follow an example of morals. And so many people feel like Nietzsche, what is going to happen when the death of God exists in the world. And I think despite some of us really thinking as much as we've accomplished that we have been stepping or been murdering this idea it still has a very strong hold on the masses behind Christianity, I believe is Islam, which definitely takes their teachings from some of the scripture of the prophet Muhammad. So, I mean, there's a lot, there's this Islam, there's, there's a orthodoxy. All of it has its roots in the same Christian mythos. So what, maybe half of the population on earth? Now look at how America is right now after our first modern 20th century, 21st century? Not sure. You know, uh, apocalypse, catastrophe. We're not talking about just the school shootings and the, the things that seem to just be a part of the culture at this point. But I'm talking about a universal, it affected the whole entire world pandemic. A mentally vulnerable populace is going to feel like catnip to a predator. And the predators, they are definitely feeling blood in the water. And it all connects. It all very much connects. When you're looking for someone, there's two people that seem to be there wanting your vote. Religion and politicians. (laughs) That's why I give a big, two nice big old fat middle fingers to both of them. So I'll leave on another fun thing talking about my childhood in sync. Did you guys see the wing challenge? Cause I did. Cause I love in sync. I love seeing them back together. JC continues to be my hot boy. Baby. 
I loved NSYNC over Backstreet Boys any day. And the favorite songs they chose were not my favorite songs. My favorite songs were Just Don't Tell Me That. I Just Want to Be With You. Okay, this I promise you was the fucking jam. But I think I like Gone more than this I promise you. Uh, What was the other one that I always love? No Strings Attached. And the original LP song, You Drive Me Crazy. Those are my favorite songs. What are your favorite NSYNC songs? Do you think Backstreet Boys is better or NSYNC? You got any ideas, questions, comments, concerns? Send those to me, blackercouch at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me on my social medias below. Like, share, and subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. 